Welcome to the Punisher Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. You gotta earn my trust first. The Punisher Podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 101, 3 a.m., is brought to you by the Castiglione Hammer Company. He's gonna find a home for this. Pete, here we are finally kicking off the Punisher podcast, a show that has had some controversy in these last couple of months, what with exterior things going on in the world. I know I'm glad that we've stuck with the show based on having seen this pilot. I think you are too. It's it, This is a solid episode. Before anything else, this is a solid episode. It is. I was a little taken aback initially by how far we move into the episode before Frank Castle actually makes words. Um, But I don't think that that was against what his version of the character is. Um, And I really appreciated, again, what, what Bernthal has done. Much has been made of how revered the character is by him and how he approaches it. And I think this pilot does everything to highlight that. Well, let's quickly run down what the episode is about. We catch up with Frank Castle on the tail end of his revenge spree as seen in Daredevil Season 2. He's taking out a man in Juarez, Mexico. There's one heck of a sniper shot. He wasn't in Juarez, though. He was in El Paso. Indeed. He's taking the shot (laughs) all the way from El Paso, Texas. Uh, We also see him committing the final murder for that revenge spree in a bathroom stall at JFK Airport, New York City. Six months later, Donnie Chavez is working his first day doing construction demolition. His work crew clearly has a hierarchy, and co-worker Frank Castle, a.k.a. Pete Castiglione, isn't anywhere on that hierarchy. Uh, Frank has been dismissed as the silent gimp, and he works to break down literal walls as he processes his own PTSD and grief. Donnie attempts to form a bond with Frank at lunch, but it is a tenuous connection at best. Elsewhere in the city, Dinah Madani, Department of Homeland Security, is meeting her new partner, Sam Stein. They're both on the investigational fringes, as we learn from her superior, Wolf, who is very clearly a sexist, racist police captain archetype. See Thomas Howell as a scumball. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, how how the years go by. Uh, Later, we meet Dinah's mother, who uh, may be a New York socialite, but certainly is concerned about her daughter as they talk about faith, the American dream, and the frailty of our society. Uh, Concurrent to this, Frank is listening in on, although not fully invested in, a veterans counseling group where different views of America are discussed. Uh, This is all run by Kurt, who knew Frank in Afghanistan and knows that Frank Castle is now Pete Castiglione. At work, Frank overhears the crew planning a robbery, one which involves Donnie and uh, goes down bad once Donnie drops his wallet and the mob robbery victims, they that is to say members of the mob who are then being robbed, uh, they find out who he is. Donnie is brought back to the demolition building where Frank is working unbeknownst to the rest. 
The crew decides to kill Donnie, but Frank takes them out in a ballet of violence, then finishes the job by taking out the mob robbery victims who, in turn, were trying to find Donnie. Things wrap up with footage of the robbery uh, seen by the unnamed micro who says, welcome back, Frank Castle. It's a crackling first episode, and I think really in line with what they started for the character um, back in Daredevil. I mean, we had heard for quite a bit as they filmed Daredevil season two, the possibility that they would bring and and spin off uh, Frank Castle's Punisher. And uh, we were so excited in the room at New York Comic-Con where we learned the news of that. So uh, to, to finally get it here, after some stealth marketing, Matt, for, for some time, you know, the blacking out of things. And then, of course, the unfortunate um, cancellation of the uh, the panel at New York Comic Con. Super excited to, you know, see the, the cast there is going to be kind of their coming out party and, and really didn't get one in light of everything that happened. But that's understandable given the, the subject matter. Um, but, yeah, really appreciated this and uh, looking forward to talking about it. Given that this pilot, particularly in light of recent events in the last several months, this pilot had to make us uh, dislike Frank Castle somewhat, but like him even more. And uh, that at least uh, vaguely could be achieved by placing him with people who are worse than him. They did all of that. The notion of his, his ghosts that are chasing him, uh, the solace that he seeks, the, the, rather uh the rather ordinary workplace bully albeit one who's now planning to rob mob wise guys um it, it all kind of comes together to really present frank castle in a very sympathetic way a job i did not know that they could do given the state of affairs in the world could i have done without the flashbacks of his wife particularly repeating a couple times throughout the episode. I think it could have. Um, we know that one of the early criticisms of the show is that this is a great six episodes in 13 episodes. So we're bla- back to the old refrain of hashtag Netflix bloat. Um, that aside the tale that's told here that has to be its own of here is the character. Now we're going to put the character who you've met before if you've watched Daredevil, but if you're meeting for the first time here in his own little story for this particular episode and the thing with uh, Donnie and then uh, taking out the gang at the end of it to thrust him into the larger story of being seen by micro this investigation that's going on into uh his old uh was colonel schooner right um from uh daredevil uh it it does everything it needs to do it really does and let's talk about some of the bad guys for this episode uh the notion that there is this work crew that 
starts out as a little clickish at first and you say well you know that that's how it is i certainly don't know the construction world but i think any any job you know there are the cool kids and the less cool kids but credit to the script here you know using using some words that we normally wouldn't you know gimp and i think there's even retard and things like that just just quoting the episode not a word that that one tends to use in polite company but really slowly starting to set apart these guys at the demolition site set them apart from frank castle who at the very least we are starting to get sympathetic uh with either because we know his story previously or because of his flashbacks um it's a really well scripted job to slowly make these guys stand out then you throw in you know hey it's just robbing a a a mob card game and it's a great construction to really paint them in a bad light where you feel good about Frank Castle finally standing up to these guys, even if it does involve a few bad guys, shall we say, sloughing off this mortal coil. Yeah, into the, the, the old concrete bath there. Um, I got a little worried around the time that they were approaching Donnie to head to the card game that somehow Frank having overheard them talking before and now walking towards them, uh, as, as the day was, uh, was letting out after the, uh, the one guy, you know, uh, got, got his bone shaved off there by the collapse of the construction equipment and, and thereby could not go and get wiped out by the Italians that night. Um, that Frank was going to be the, the sacrificial lamb that he was, he was going to take it on for Donnie. And I'm like, Oh, this is coming from a mile away. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. Um, I think dropping the, you know, uh, my, my license falls out as I'm gathering cash was, was a little over the top, but I like the position it put them in so that, here, these guys, these bad guys, uh, have to make a call here. And what do they do? They have access to construction equipment and a construction site. Okay, we're not getting overtime, but we're going to work a little overtime and dump this guy. Not give him the cement shoes, give him the the, the cement uh, sole, as it were. And uh, whoever came up with the idea of Frank Castle just hammering away um, – as a metaphor throughout this episode, that was really, really smart. And that you put him there doing that when these guys come to, uh, you know, bathe Donnie in cement, uh, I think a really good way to do this. And then to, to take it further, he's, he's not just going to lay down on these guys. He's going to go take out the Italians, um, who were just having a card game. It doesn't seem at this point that they interacted with him. Are, are we to say, Matt, that that's that's something that the Irish, right? The Irish were the were the gang, never the Italians that that ran afoul of uh, Frank Castle. Well, certainly a lot to a, a lot to cover there. First of all, the the notion of the wallet falling out is it perhaps the most hand of the writer moment in the episode? Sure. That said, Pete, I have knocked over, let's see, let me look through my book of crime here. I've knocked over exactly zero mob card games before. So not having experience in that venue, <laughs> I could I could see how it could happen. And the dialogue later on of, 
I thought I had my wallet with me just in case we got pulled over and it's everything could seem normal. I hear that. I go, okay, I think that's, it's ridiculous that you had your wallet, but that's a, that's uh, an acceptable answer. That's an acceptable reason why. Um, however, as for the topic of these, these Italian mobsters clearly meant to be presented as mobsters who were just having a card game with what we assume is their own money. Um, I think that, does bring into focus another villain in this episode, another bad guy of sorts, and that is Frank Castle. He is the anti-hero. He is somebody who I think that we should never be 100% comfortable with. And I hadn't thought of it while watching the episode, but you raise an excellent point. What crimes did we see the Italians uh, commit in this episode, either against you know, uh, Donnie, who we're sympathetic to, or Frank Castle? The answer is none. I mean, they were planning to go take out Donnie when the lights go dark and Frank comes in and just absolutely cleans the place up. But morally, I felt like, wait a minute, they didn't do anything here. So was it simply the implication that these are mobsters that... Um, you know, Frank is, is going to make the tough call and, and, and do the harsh thing in, in the name of goodness. He who is so trying to get away or work through, you're never going to get away from the memory of, of your slain family. Um, but that pain, you know, the, the subject of scars and the, the ones on the outside you can see and the ones on the inside that you feel. Um, I just wonder why the Italians had to go. <laughs> I mean, it could be as simple as, ah, and now you're with those awful Irish that you were also in league with, or, you know, write it better. That was a first draft admittedly, but, <laughs> um, you know, j- just give me a little something. Um, Yeah. I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of the reality of the script. That said, from a script point of view, looking at the final draft that we do have in this episode, uh, I think there is that line inserted very purposefully uh, by the by the construction toughs, uh, where it's the effect of they're going to be stealing from the loan sharks who they have borrowed from. That is not to in any way take away from your point, mm-hmm. Pete, that we don't see the italian card players uh committing a crime worth punishing by the punisher but i think that at least from the script point of view that's enough to say well these are bad guys and i think that's something to watch for moving forward that separate from whatever uh thoughts of the current gun debate might come into to affecting the show or our discussion uh, whatever that might be there's enough of the episode here and my point being future episodes it'll be interesting to watch for how are they identifying people that are bad enough for frank castle to kill where we don't feel like he is the villain he's just a troubled complex anti-hero but we're kind of okay not having these guys or that those gals or whoever it is we're kind of okay at least in a fictional sense getting rid of these baddies yeah i i definitely see a little bit of that. And I think it's kind of the edginess presented in the possibility of this series. I mean, Matt, 
we talked about it in the run-up of this show, and boom, in that support group, there is a debate about gun issues. There is a debate about how um, soldiers are handled, understandably, given the context, uh, coming back from uh, war um, and, and the damage that they suffer. Um, and then a little bit after that, we get the sexual harassment at the hands of Madani, um, and Carson Wolf. Let's, let's make sure we're, we're keeping him squarely in our list of villains here. Um, who would have thought Matt, we'd not only have the gun thing address so early and, and come out there. Um, but then dig into this harassment angle at a time they had no idea. Obviously, the dam was going to burst. Uh, and and here, when this drops on Friday, November 17th, what takes place uh, with Madani is squarely in the public consciousness right now. You know, back on our Inhumans podcast, we had uh, uh, somebody request that we, we stop talking about all these exterior issues and just keep it to the comic book stuff. Okay, in Punisher, let's do that. And as you said, Pete, it's an episode that touches on uh, not just, you know, cool anti-hero busts up bad guys, but also uh, PTSD, competing visions of America, sexual harassment, uh, appreciation for for uh, underrepresented people in the workplace. Uh, I even had to have a little chuckle, Pete. I was thinking of that review as Frank Castle's reading Moby Dick, you know, the, mm-hmm. the novel that has <laughs> a litany of interpretations, including a, a, a slavery interpretation, one that critiques social class, one that critiques the existence of God, um, all of that in this book that... I will admit, Pete, I have read precious little of it. It's written in uh, certainly a, a very dense style of prose, but a book that is way much more uh, uh, about, about many more things than a guy wants to kill a whale. Yeah, and, you know, I, th- I think we want our shows to do this, not to be too heavy on the dialogue, but to have some kind of a dialogue with the viewer um and yeah like you said it the the anti-hero who who, you know does cool stuff and you know we we simultaneously fear and root for um but to have that conversation i think is vital yeah i think that it is necessary for us to look at at our popular culture at our television at a time where there's better tv shows on than ever before and is every last one one of the greatest ever perhaps not is punisher is this episode a groundbreaking pilot that forever has changed the game of television maybe not but it is an episode that is ambitious in a way that other entrance uh points to the marvel cinematic universe tv or film you know they dare not tread this deep they dare not even give a little whiff of these types of topics and i appreciate having a show that's going to give us action and adventure and you know what pete i kind of felt really good when those bad robbing you know baddies got got beaten you know and there's a little bit of that catharsis 
but we also get to have these deeper discussions. I'll go one further, even with Madani's mother there, played by the tremendous Shura Agadashalu, um, to have that conversation that this successful Middle Eastern family in the United States She's clearly of some kind of therapy background, if not a practicing therapist. And and just the seeds laid in, in the discussion between the two of them there, she's worried for her daughter about the drinking, um, but that she doesn't believe in God and that her husband, who is a surgeon, um, is, is very devout. And I, I thought that was a really thoughtful, well thought out to not be redundant there part of this episode that I'm anxious to get more of those characters and, and see how this all weaves together. Completely, completely agree. And with an eye towards the future, Pete, let's start with Donnie. Let's talk some theories here. Will we see Donnie again, or was he merely a function of this pilot episode, an opportunity for us to go from the run and gun solo Frank Castle to somebody who is back, somebody who is who is uh, reborn in a certain sense, still fighting his demons. Will we see more Donnie? I would have earlier said yes. However, Matt, that you and I both struggled so much to read what was written when he emerged from the cement bath, uh, Eve Tower. Uh, all these different things before I finally saw an L way over to the side and it says leave town. I'm guessing likely not. Yeah. Before we started to record, it was like you asked, what did it say there? And I said, Pete, my notes say, ask Pete what it says there. We both <laughs> had the episode open. I know I was sitting here my head turned this way and that, um, Hey, not every shot is going to be a home run shot. Uh, maybe they should have done a pickup for that once the footage came back and you said, uh, let's grab Joe the janitor from the hall. What does this say? I don't know. Eve toe. Um, but yeah, I think that's tough to argue with. If he's being told to leave town and he has the bag of money and all the people who could have incriminated him or are kaput, I guess that's it for Donnie. I got one for you, Matt. So Frank Castle slash Pete Castiglione has eliminated the remnants of the Dogs of Hell biker group, the Kitchen Irish, and the Mexican cartel. Where's his next stop? Back to where he had left, where all of that befell him. Would he be even able Yes, beard, name change, but would he be able to be around New York after everything this character has been through? I think a guy that looks like him, that would be tough. I mean, I'm willing 100% to suspend disbelief when it comes to things like uh, NYPD street cameras, which are a thing which exists. Uh, to the notion that there is a database of questionable individuals. I mean, I, I think that in in our world, likely the Punisher would be labeled as a domestic terrorist. Uh, I, I don't know that story-wise that is entirely appropriate, but I'm just saying if you just transposed him directly into our world. So I think he would get caught pretty quickly by more than Micro, who is presumably sitting there his, uh, at his uh, you know secret computers somewhere, uh, analyzing the world around him. 
Um, that said, I, I'm willing to give the show a huge, huge pass because you have to have the Punisher in New York. This is kind of this is the thing you do, right? This, right. this is part of the licensing. Not me about the licensing agreement. This is part of the, the 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 tax credit that Marvel and Netflix are getting for filming in New York and blah blah blah. So to me, it's to me, it's just something we can turn a complete blind eye to. The shout out in the episode here to um, Colonel Schooniver, who was Castle's commanding officer. And uh, while we don't get the Clancy Brown character in this episode, that, of course, there was some kind of connection to further misdeeds in Afghanistan that cost the lives of other people, including, um, Madani's partner. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's intriguing and you, you want to know more of it. The, the, the drug stuff, Matt, what, what do you think about the, the lacing, no pun intended of that in this revenge story? Well, first and foremost, when we saw Clancy Brown, play uh play schooner back in daredevil season two it was such a treat i mean everybody likes clancy brown because you've seen him in something where he's fantastic even if you don't like him i.e uh in uh shawshank redemption probably his biggest role to date uh, although side note i have fond memories of him in the short-lived nbc series earth 2 which uh, at, least, at least at the time was worth checking out but i digress Dude. Uh, how about Zim in Starship Troopers? I, I rest my case. Pete, longtime listeners to Fantastic Geek will know that I run just about as spoiler-free as you can go. That said, let me just say, I think we'll be seeing some of Clancy Brown this season in The Punisher. Uh, and that makes me happy in and of itself. Also, Clearly, this uh, this investigation as to a potential drug connection and et cetera, et cetera, coming out of Afghanistan, all this that uh, Madani is investigating, that's going to be our uh, that that's going to be our force that moves the story forward. Whether we have flashbacks, whether we have new stuff, uh, how Micro fits into it. I mean, I think smart money is he's going to be facilitating Frank Castle from doing some good not so good things um but this all combines into what could be a really really compelling direction where we're getting flashbacks and we're getting context and we're getting we're getting to see this soldier who was so affected by his experience in the field we get to see some of that without this turning into you know a sergeant rock kind of world war ii hero kind of thing because that's not where we're at culturally i mean yes we have a, a perfectly appropriate place to revere our armed service members, but it's not with that sense of you chomp on the cigar and you let the machine gun fly and everything turns out. Because as you said, Pete, we are now more and more acknowledging of those wounds that you can't see that, that uh, these service people come home with. For me, the biggest statement made in the episode was the burning of the vest with the iconic skull on it that he wants to be done with this yet for the circumstances that he's in, he either gets drawn or allows himself to be drawn 
back into it. And I, I think that's a powerful aspect of this character that keeps people coming back. Pete, as this season unfolds, we'd love to hear back from our listeners uh, how you are liking this series, what theories you have as you're watching. Uh, we, of course, watch each episode without knowledge of the next. At least I do. Pete, I know you've been receiving redacted documents in the mail for, <laughs> for months now. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll give you our contact info in a moment, but uh, we would love to hear your thoughts as things unfold. Do please mention which episode you're discussing, so that way we're not saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe Karen Page is in it, Pete. Uh, somebody spoiled it for me, even though that was announced a year and a half ago. But just as an example, share the episode you want to discuss, and we'll, we'll put it into the discussion as needed. So with that, Pete, how can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. -E -E Nine thousand six hundred twenty-four followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Visit fantasticgeek.com. That's fantastic with the ph. Email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Send a tweet or an Instagram view on Fantastic Geek. And uh, but wait, Pete, I think there's one more way. There is, and another way to certainly be part of the conversation, that would be facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the PH, all one word, particularly for the Netflix model. And admittedly, we are changing the approach up just a, a little bit on, on our Netflix-ing here. Um, it, it's a good place. It's a great destination to have that conversation with us at whatever rate that you are checking these out. Yeah, I think the notion that we're making our, our Netflix uh, style podcast here for Punisher uh, a little leaner, that's going to let us get episodes out a little quicker, particularly in a time of year where it's just busy for everybody, let alone we also have uh, the Runaways podcast that will be happening starting next week. We have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returning December 1st. We're going to see Justice League this weekend. So it's a way to kind of really keep things moving. And uh, we're interested to see uh, how it all works out. We're interested to hear what you think of this uh, slight tweak in the format. And bottom line, we are interested in watching more Punisher. I'll say, what I, say again what I said at the top, Pete. I am so glad on the heels of this first episode that we decided to stick with this show because this clearly is a show that's looking to have a dialogue with the audience about pertinent issues and have some action adventure along the way as well. So you kind of can't beat that combination. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Welcome back, Frank. Frank.